Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to The Conversation. Now, today's episode, at first glance, might seem like clickbait. But I want to assure you that it is anything but. This is an actual process to access your negative thinking or the propensity of the mind to think negatively to create what you really want. Now, I want to say up front, this whole idea has a warning label attached to it. You're not supposed to waddle in your negative thinking, your negative perspective, the things you don't want, because that will absolutely bring more of what you don't want. But from the context of recognizing the natural propensity of your mind to identify those things that it doesn't want, the danger aspects, the the pain, the things that it doesn't want to participate in. See, our mind is a difference engine. It is constantly comparing and contrasting. Its natural gift is to recognize what it doesn't want and then move the other way. But in the context of law of attraction... When we focus on the things that we don't want, focus on the, the, the seemingly undesirable aspects, we energetically call more of that into our experience. So here's the caveat. We want to identify those things that we don't want and then create in our mind the opposite and then begin identifying on the opposite situation, creating the absence of that which we don't desire, the situation that we don't want. We need to focus on the attributes, the the beauty of what we're calling into our life. But to really use this strategy, it's leaning in on your natural ability to identify what you don't want, to identify the pain in a situation. Now, I've said this again and again, we don't want to wallow in this. We don't want to sit in the mud puddle. We can recognize, oh, there's a mud puddle and I don't want to step into it. So I want to step over it. I want to move around it. We identify that which we don't want, and then we create the opposite of it. Now, to really use this strategy, you need to identify or be aware of when are you actually talking about the very thing you don't want. For most people, that goes under the radar. They're not aware. They don't have the conscious awareness, or they haven't called into their their being the conscious awareness of when they're focusing on that which they don't want. And so we need to constantly ask ourselves, well, what do I want? What do I want out of this situation? This process of adopting the perspective of focusing on that what you do want and not what you don't want has actually been a process, a real process for me over the years for it not to be my default orientation. My default orientation now is to really focus on what I do want. And I hear it at this point immediately. I hear when people are focusing on the attributes, the characteristics of the the situation that to them is undesirable. I naturally now, and it's been years in the making, but it's, it's, it's a process. And so I want to assist you to accelerate this process. You might as well learn from my mistakes. Let's focus on your relationships. Everyone, in one way or another, you're in a relationship. You're either on your way out of a relationship, you're knee-deep or neck-deep in a relationship, or you're just beginning a relationship. So this is the exercise I suggest you do. Sit down and write down 
all the things that you have disliked in past relationships, the things that really upset you, that caused you grief, that really it ruined your life in one way or another. You could have done better without having gone through that. And so it's on your mind. That is something that I definitely want to avoid. So for this exercise, I want you to write it down on one side of the paper. And if it takes writing all the way across the paper, then leave a space underneath it for you to write the opposite of what you want to create. So for instance, if you want to avoid drama in future relationships, what you want to call in is emotional stability, emotional equanimity, the ability to not overreact. But that is a negative. You don't want to overreact. So what do you want to do? You want to respond appropriately given the circumstances. You want people that can be in the moment and not responding from the past. So we're talking about what we want and then also what we don't want. We want a balanced equation. And so for this exercise, we're going to balance out the equation, identify all the things that we don't like, haven't liked, haven't loved, haven't really wanted at all in relationships, and then we want to create the opposite. But this is where we take it the next step. As you create the opposite, think about how wonderful it would be to have someone in your life that is mentally stable, that operates from a peace of mind, a sense of awareness, an emotional appropriateness, uh, given the situation. They can respond with passion and they can respond with peace and ease. Also in the realm of this idea of having someone respond with emotional appropriateness given the situation, we also want people in our life that take responsibility for their emotional well-being. They take responsibility for how they feel. They're not in the realm of blaming other people for how they feel. So they're taking responsibility. And as we're making this list, we want to make sure that we're not just talking about the other people, because the other people have come into our life to be a mirror for us. And so they could not come to us with a sense of drama or bringing drama into our life if we did not invite the drama in some way, if, we're, if we were not an opening or a clearing for that drama to show up. So we ask ourselves, how have I showed up in the past with drama? And then how do I want to show up in the future? Well, I want to take 100% responsibility for my life, for my actions. Realize I'm at cause in the matter. And this has been an ongoing message. Most of the time, my podcast episodes, everything that I talk about involves taking responsibility for how you show up, for your thoughts, for your actions, and even how other people show up for you. I wonder what I did. I wonder how I was being in order to invite that, attract that into my life. One way to think about writing the story or creating the story about what you do want to attract is you want to state it in a way that if that were present, the negative side of the coin would not, could not even show up. There is no fuel for the fire. Given the circumstances that I am drawing into my life, there is no room for the opposite because I'm so focused on it and the presence would fill the room, fill the arena. Hopefully that makes sense. Let's say it a different way. Let's use money, for instance. A lot of people say, I'm tired of lack. I'm tired of not having enough. 
And they may say something. As soon as I get money in, there's always something that shows up to drain my pocketbook. And this is where they think they're stating the facts. They're, they're you know, making a, an assessment of the actual situation that's, that's before them. But again, we don't want to do that long term. We want to catch ourselves knitting together the story of the negative aspects of our experience. We want to talk about what we do want. So the moment something shows up to drain our pocketbook, we want to say, I'm attracting more than enough. I love it when I pay my bills on time and completely. There's more than enough to pay my commitments and have more left over to invest and to enjoy. I live in the realm of abundance. Now, it could be considered that all the negative aspects, all the negative perspectives that you can come up with about a given situation, those could be identified as your limiting beliefs. And the reason they show up as a belief, because that particular story that you're telling about the situation feels fairly certain that it's true. So what we want to do is create the opposite, create a counter-belief And then say it in a way where we're certain it's true. You know, they say money doesn't grow on trees. Well, actually, money's made out of paper. Money is fibers, cotton fibers. So literally, money does grow on trees. Another way to change this belief is I know a guy that bought a decorative tree. And at the ends of the the branches... He used a clothespin and attached dollar bills, $5 bills, $20 bills, $50 bills, and $100 bills. And he told his children, anytime you need money, just take it from the money tree. Combined with his exercise, he had his children focus on their desire that they wanted. And once they thought about it enough and the desire was sufficient knowing that the money was there if they really wanted it. He had them connect to the value. How would it create more pleasure in their life? How would it impact their life in a positive way? Get connected to the value of what they were exchanging the money for and not the price of it. It was no longer a consideration whether or not it could be afforded if they had the money for it. The question was, do I really want this? Will this really impact my life in a positive way? How long will I feel the impact on my life? Will it be long-lasting? Will it be sustainable? Or will it be just a, a fleeting purchase? And so he had his kids recognize the fact that if it was a fleeting purchase, more than likely, it was not worth the investment. But if they could connect to and identify the value of the purchase, then they were more than welcome to go to the tree and pull off a dollar bill, pull off a $50 bill or a $100 bill. And in that regard, they were response-abled for their investment. What he wanted to do is take away that whole idea, we can't afford it. The money's not there. My wife the other day was talking to a guy about a service she was going to provide, and she talked about the investment. And he responded, I've already decided that I want to work with you. And so the investment doesn't really matter because money always has a way of finding me. I always attract the money I need. What a wonderful belief to move through life with. Now, I'm going to repeat myself just so I know that you got the assignment. The assignment is to sit down and consciously write down everything that you don't want about a given situation, a circumstance, an area of your life. 
And then we create the flip side. We turn it into something good. And the, the presence of which would negate the opposite or the, the negative aspect to not even show up. It just would not be possible if we had what we wanted. The negative aspect would not have any fuel to burn. Now, here's another way to use the phenomena of the mind. See, our other than conscious mind, our subconscious mind, can always identify the potential pitfalls. And sometimes it's our intuition. And so before you embark and invest a great deal of money and time and energy in an endeavor, sit down with yourself, sit down with your partner, sit down with your compatriots, your partners, your your coworkers, and ask the question, let's say in a year from now or two years from now, our venture goes belly up. We lose everything. It doesn't work. It just doesn't come to pass. Right now, could you identify the reasons why that might happen? Without fail, given the the space for people to voice the negative concerns, everyone can identify at least a half a dozen to a dozen things that would lead to the failure of the project. We may not have the right product. We may not have the systems in place. We may not have the skill level. So it doesn't matter what you identify. That's not where we stop. And a lot of times, you know, we don't want to think about the negative aspects when we're brainstorming. After we brainstorm all the possibilities, this is when we sit down and identify the potential pitfalls. And a pitfall is a hole in the ground that's covered up. You see, a pitfall in life are circumstances that we tend to turn a blind eye to. We ignore them. We don't pay attention to them because if we pay attention to them or if we give them any energy whatsoever, we feel it will amplify. But... We're just being safe here. So we want to look at the pitfall, identify the pitfalls, and then design a future where the pitfalls are removed. Pitfalls are taken care of. And so if the skill level is an issue, then you get the training. If the right systems aren't in place, then you make sure that the systems are in place. If there's an aspect about the business, say, let's say you're starting a business and there's an aspect of the business that you know that you don't really want to do. You're not really invested in taking part in that aspect of the business. Well, that means you'll have to hire someone in or contract that out for somebody else to take care of it. But you just don't ignore it. Again, when you identify the pitfall, you create a future, create a scenario where the pitfall disappears. To sum it up, to create the life that you really want, identify the aspects of life that you do not want to participate in, and then create the opposite. This is actually a very robust way to engineer a future, create a blueprint for your life by identifying all the areas that you don't want to participate in and then creating the opposite. You see, a lot of people meander along and they accidentally invite a lot of the aspects about life that they don't want to participate in. And that's how life becomes a lesson. And that's why contrast in a circumstance can be so enlightening because you identify the things you don't want and then you create the opposite. I'm telling you, though, you can do this ahead of time. You can do all the planning, all the engineering of your future when there's no pressure. You don't have to perform. You do it in the theater of your mind. And so, my friend, that's how you use negative thinking to create the life you want. Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals. Be inner-directed as you engage in the epic adventure. <laughs>